whatever you're uncomfortable with, just let me know. Like hard R. Oh, okay. Hard R like that, like that art and vodka. Wait, hold on. I noticed something last night. George, what are we yeah. doing right now? We're we're recording a podcast. Say it again. Podcast. Does it have an R in it too? Do you hear it? Well, I hear it yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I almost sound like you said Parkas. <laughs> hey, welcome to Too Hard Too Fast Podcast. Uh, the podcast where if you add an extra R, you have to roll it, even if the <laughs> word doesn't have it. Hey, in this episode, we have the belly, the muscle, and the beard. I'm the beard. <laughs> right, I could have taken two out of three of those, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which ones we. Like, the crowd can decide for uh, for that matter. And this episode, we have the return of Arthur and Lathan. Last time we were here, we talked about Lathan being a bodybuilder. Well, we tried to talk about Lathan being a bodybuilder, and then we just went really off course. In this episode, we're gonna talk about something that I feel a little ashamed admitting in public and then we'll see where the conversation goes from that welcome back guys let's sit back <laughs> buckle up let's go too hard too fast boom let's go welcome to too hard too fast welcome back to too hard too fast anything that rolls downhill man i mean old habits die hard right it's the podcast by the people for the people well i'm going too hard, too fast. We are double fisted on that ass. <laughs> Only here. Too hard, too fast. Let's do it. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast, where if you would like, you can gladly suck it. <laughs> hey! <laughs> so welcome everyone to Too Hard, Too Fast oh, podcast. <laughs> right. Where we go off the rails... And George has to worry about it. So <laughs> here we go for the podcast of the century. Cheers. So what am I ashamed to admit in public is that you like clown porn. I think I would actually I would admit <laughs> to that. I would admit to that before I admit to this. This is how like ashamed I am to admit it. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but when I let you know and when Lathan unfreezes. Uh, you guys can let me know what you think. See if you guys are afraid to admit it. But I am afraid to admit that I am a wrestling fan. Mm. In public. Is that bad? Yeah. No, I, I kind of feel that like anytime, <laughs> anytime I go to mention that like I'm a wrestling fan, it's almost kind of that hesitation. Like you got to read the room. Before you say like, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. I've been, and then you have to, you have to explain it. Like, well, I've been since I was a kid. Yeah. Sorry, dad. Lathan, <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel, man? Like, are, are you, do you freely just tell people that you're a wrestling, wrestling fan or did I just oust you out? I've gotten more comfortable in saying it later in my years, but. Yeah, I am. I'm okay with it. And then I have to go into the whole, like, well, you know, it's big, right? Like, that's a pretty annoying argument. But I'm like, yeah, it's more choreographed. That's the argument we're probably, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. 
I'm gonna take this off because WWE does not yeah. pay me. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely gonna be a content strike there. <laughs> oh, imagine! Look, I bought that shit, and it costs way <laughs> too much money for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it belongs to me now. Uh, <laughs> I bought the rights to it. You listen? You listening, Vince? I know you're out now. Uh, <laughs> With your mustache. Hey, but um, so yeah, I hate the argument. Is it, you know it's fake? I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Of course, it's real. <laughs> my my coworker, I when we were going getting ready to go to the Royal Rumble, <laughs> I was all excited about it and everything. And she goes, "Well, you know it's fake, right?" And I was like, "What's your favorite show on TV?" And she told, she's like Yellowstone. I go, "You know it's fake, right?" Well, yeah, but I watch it for the entertainment. Same, same. Well, there you go. It's like the worst thing, and it's like you know what? When uh, when one of those cowboys takes a bump, they use an extra. When a wrestler takes a bump, it's them. It's all them. Yep. <laughs> they are the. Extra. And I get it. Like it's 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 um, before all those comments, but they practice it. Yes, they practice it, but accidents <laughs> happen, motherfucker. Well, you think, like, actors don't do dress rehearsals? They don't do, like, they read through They sit at a table. They read through a script so they don't mess up what they say. Then they go out and they rehearse it out of costume. Then they rehearse it in costume. You know, it's it's entertainment. It's portrayed as real, just like everything else is, including the NFL. It's portrayed as real, but it's not. It's entertainment. It's It's a soap opera. You know, my grandma used to watch the novellas and stuff, and, you know, I didn't make fun of her for it. You yeah, know, it something that um, maybe, like, real hardcore wrestlers would hate me for or, like, be disappointed in finding out is that, uh, wrestling fans, is that um, I sometimes will fast forward through some matches just to get to, like, the talking. Because I really, I really, like... I get into like the whole talking. I was like, okay, what's going to happen? Like, what are they going to say? That's the entertainment part. Absolutely. Yeah. And then some of the matches I look forward to more than the talking. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Okay, just get to the damn match because I know it's going to be fun. I mean, obviously, the the question later on I'm going to ask is for like your top five. Maybe a little if you, if there's not. But hey, I want to I want to pose a question. Oh, we- pose eight seconds. God damn it, Lathan. <laughs> oh, I guess we know who the muscle is. <laughs> was that the um, thing with Edge and Christian? Was it an eight-second pose? I, five, oh, did I get that wrong? Five-second pose. Five-second pose. 30 seconds. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, I got the reference. I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> all right, so here's, here's back to the wrestling topic, right? Okay. What Got what is your first memory of being a a wrestling fan? Like, as and not as a kid, you know, kid, but as what got you back into it as as an adult? We're all in our thirties now. What what was it for you that you can remember that was a moment where you like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm in. For me, I'll give you all a chance to think about okay. it. For me, yeah, 
I mean, I was a kid of like Hulk Hogan and actually I was a bigger fan of the big boss man because he was a cop like my dad. So as a kid, I, I liked him. My moment where as as a teenager where it kind of clicked for me was uh, the match between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at Royal Rumble 98. I was over at my friend Ernie Garcia's house. Rest in peace. And that was watching that match. I hadn't watched wrestling in a long time. I came back to it and I was like, yeah, this is it. This, this is going to be, yeah, this is it. I think for me was, uh, that's interesting. I never heard anybody say like they're a fan of the big boss man. Like he was very like a good, like a, a good character, but yeah. And he was a real, he was a real, uh, prison guard. That's why he got the character. A lot of the stuff, that I've listened to podcasts and everything back in the nineties with all the real colorful characters and stuff were there. It was an exaggeration of what they, what they did in real life. The big boss man had been a prison guard in Cobb County, Georgia. I, I just want to point out if I'm like messing with my eyes a lot, it's cause uh, I'm like having like C4 withdrawals. So just bear with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not pink eye. Definitely not. <laughs> no, um, I think for me, it has to be two things. It's JR's commentary. Oh my God, he's dead! Gotta think. Uh, and also the Royal Rumble, watching it. So back then, getting pay per view, you either had to pay a lot of money. Or steal it. Uh, <laughs> so, my dad being a cop too, we didn't have a lot of money and we couldn't steal. <laughs> so I always had to like hook up with my friends and and go somewhere to watch either to a friend's house or 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 there used to be a restaurant. Still, I and I think it still exists or the sign is still up. It's called the Border Cafe in Eagle Pass, and they used to host pay-per-view events uh and especially for wrestling and i remember we went i don't remember which event it was like what year it was maybe 98 96 i don't know but the whole back room nobody showed up except for like my group of friends so it felt like a private party so we were just going wild it was the best thing ever and i think i want to say it was when stone cold won and that's why i was like Stone Cold is the guy for me. That was 98. 98 was when he, he won in 98, 99, or did Vince win in 99? 98 was Stone Cold. 99 was Vince. 90, in 2000, uh, Stone Cold was on the shelf. And then 2001, I think Stone Cold won again. Yeah, because that was when 2001 was when he and The Rock had the last show. All right, it was something X7. Yeah. Uh, in, was that in Houston? I was in Houston at the Astrodome. That was my first which, WrestleMania. Which WrestleMania? Seven, did you say? 17. No, uh, 17. Oh, 17. 17. Or according to the poster, X7, if you say it with its proper pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know what? Too hard, too fast. We don't check facts. So if any of those dates are wrong, somebody else can check them. <laughs> We're having a whole podcast on wrestling, and we're sitting here like, "Oh crap!" Now I can't remember dates. 
Yeah, old man. The old man we are. I mean, it just comes like well. I was gonna say to that point, like so. That's how I remember the timeline because historically, or you remember that Stone Cold's the only person that's won the Royal Rumble three times. Right. It was yeah, and so the last time he qualified for because in two thousand he was out because he got hit by the car because Rikishi's fat ass did it for the Rock. Hit that motherfucker with a car. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was uh, Stone Cold going into going to Houston. That was a big thing with uh, the Limp Biscuit intro in my way promo. I was like, dude, that was awesome. One of the best of all time. Oh man, that 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 whole pay per view was stacked top to bottom. And again, like I, I listen sometimes to um, uh, to um, Bruce Pritchard's podcast. Something to wrestle with. About, yeah, something to wrestle with, uh, with him and Conrad Thompson. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes for entertaining days when I'm selling supplements between customers. But he was saying that there were some other things that should have happened that didn't happen because some people were giving away spoilers on radio shows the night before and stuff. And so, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the WCW was, was supposed to come out. Right, and that was yeah. that was right. all that was happening at That's the same right. time. That was the mm-hmm. that was that was after they had bought that was like the the week before WrestleMania. They had just bought WCW three weeks before. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Damn. Yeah. So Fun times. This whole spoilers thing, like I I I follow now with social media. I follow like different pages. And some pages I don't follow that, you know, Facebook just force feeds down your throat. Um, <laughs> but so some of them and I they, I love them for like the behind the scenes stuff that they give you or like the rumors. And I, I, I like that, like the added drama to everything. But uh, there's some of them that will will spoil stuff. And I hate it. Like they'll spoil Monday night stuff, Friday night stuff. But recently, us three, we just went to the Royal Rumble here in the great city of San Antonio, Texas. Mm. You know, mm. that Mick Talk Foley. to me, puppy. <laughs> that Mick Foley uh, uh, <laughs> audience grab. I'm so, I'm really glad that I didn't see this page's post because it spoiled the whole Cody Rhodes winning thing. And I would have been so mad if I knew that that was, because I, w- I had picked him. And we, this was a conversation. I was like, it's got to be Cody Rhodes. Like, I mean, some things are just like, it's got to be Cody Rhodes. But you never know. And that's the fun of it. You never know. They could switch things last minute. Uh, accidents happen. Um, so it would have definitely, it would have pissed me off if I would have read, read that. And then that happened. Like, well. But, you know, George, in, in what you're saying with, like, I think that's that's truly what I love about, like, the Royal Rumble is leading up to it, all the dirt sheets and shit will say, oh, well, there's a rumor that this person may be there or this for, oh, Stone Cold's going to be there. Oh, The Rock's going to be in it. Oh, this or that. But when you're there, you never really know. And, like, we're when we were all sitting there and Booker T's music hit, like, I've got it on, on video like you can hear all three of us going ah, like, like kind of <laughs> yeah. flipping out on there. It's always an element of surprise. Yeah, and that's one of the things in in your in our lives as adults and dads and everything. There's not a there's not a whole lot of moments that we have where we truly like completely lose ourselves, where we're like just everything is out there in such a joyous just moment of pure 
happiness. And I think that's what, to, to me, that's what wrestling brings is those, is those moments. And now being a dad, all three of us, we get to enjoy that with our kids. We get to like have that, that moment that like, just like my daughter loved uh, Bray Wyatt when he was the fiend. Loved him. It was Yowie Wowie. Loved him. And like his music would hit and I'd be in the living room. His music would come on and she would run from her bedroom and <laughs> run in there, stand there and look at the TV. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that is dads and, you know, we truly appreciate those moments with our kids, but we get those moments where we can like truly. Bah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be like, be mindful kids again. Yeah. Yeah. Takes me back to being 13 years old. And hanging with the buddies. Yeah, I'll watch I'll watch wrestling with my son, and, and it does feel sometimes like it's hanging out with the buddies. Other times, like, dude, if you give me an elbow drop again, we're, we're done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give you the people's elbow. <laughs> I'm, George, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that has to go through it. Like sometimes in the morning, OJ will beat me to awake, and then it's like, hey, let's wrestle, and I'm like, hey. Can I open my fucking eyes first because uh <laughs> and then the next thing I know he's jumping through the bed giving me like trouble in paradise like he's Kofi Kingston. And <laughs> <laughs> like just give me a straight elbow drop. And I and yeah, I've got that different perspective right now because I've got a daughter. Y'all have got young boys, I've got a daughter with the son on the way here in like four weeks. And cheers. Be prepared. <laughs> Be prepared. Cheers. Yeah, you know, so mine's a different thing. Like, Mia Mia truly loves watching. Like, she will sit and just watch the women's matches. Like, she doesn't care about the, the you know, the drama, the chatting, and all of that. She loves the mat. Like, she will just sit. She'll stop playing Barbies and just sit there and watch the women wrestle, which I think is cool as shit. Like, you know, looking at what women are doing in the ring and stuff. And, you know, I think as a, as a girl dad, I'm like, do whatever you want. I don't care. You know, you want to be a wrestler. Cool. Now it's more badass too, Art, because they have proper representation. That's like being an athletic girl, as opposed to just being some eye candy, because, you know, we had the attitude era. We had Sable, everybody had plastic implants and like, you know, you, you were kind of, buying the thirty nine ninety nine pay per view in hopes of a nip slip or just a full blown booby being out there. <laughs> but now oh, they yeah. actually <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching one pay per view with the like the squiggles like the lines and trying to see like I know they're having yeah. the bra and panty match. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah like, exactly. This is why we don't get it for you. Exactly. That's that's kind of the thing. And you know the the watching kind of the, the, watching the documentaries and stuff, like the during the Attitude Era, they had some really talented women like Ivory. They had um, oh uh, Jackie. You know they had women that were true pro wrestlers that could go, but yeah, yeah. They, they had these women that could have had matches like they have now, but they were kind of typecast in that, that moment of, you know, the bra and panties, the eye candy stuff. And, and me, by no means am I like PC, 
bullshit and all that, but it, it truly is now the the women's after the women's revolution that they had. Like I'm I'm sm- I'm much more happy now having my daughter watch the matches than I would have been in like 2002. Like 2002, she wouldn't have been watching. Oh yeah, same thing with, with if like if I if I was back then or if it, they were still doing it now, and my son's watching, I would be like, no, you can't watch this. Like it's not for you. It's not age appropriate. But now it's like, no, these women are doing like some crazy stuff. That it's like, yeah, this is cool stuff. It, just like the guys, they're flipping over and doing crazy things. It's like this is like athletic stuff that you can watch. And I mean, every now and then I know like there's a little bit of like extra added to it, but. Same with the guys. I think I think it's at a, at a good level of things. Um, and I think back then, like we were just kids, so we were just trying to watch what we were not supposed to watch. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, it was, a, it was a different time back then too. Like Jerry Springer was cool. Like it was just it was the the late nineties, early millennium was like completely different night and day. Like you know, there's a lot of watch back then that would get absolutely canceled if we thought about putting on TV today. Like, oh, yeah. 100%. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember when DX did blackface? When they were, uh, when they had. Oh, with movie? the nation. Yeah. And, like, oh. uh, X Pac came out full blown, like, a big chunk of charcoal, pretending to be Mark <laughs> Henry. Uh, like, you know, we, we, we would absolutely not be able to do that today. Was... <laughs> and, no, and he comes out. And he's he's pretending to be Mark Henry, and Xbox being tiny, pretending to be Mark Henry. He's wearing like an umpire vest, so it's all puffed out, and he's in straight up blackface with like a soul yeah. glow mullet on. And oh, the first, he gets the mic and he goes, "Hey, hey, hey!" <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God, it was so bad. Oh, it was but- so hilarious. But again, you know what? You think about it too, like current, like modern stuff, that would not be acceptable. But there was nothing about it that was racial or racial. Like they weren't playing a racial stereotype. They were just trying to look like the people they were pretending to be. And just making fun of the whole faction and themselves. Right, right, right. Which, you know, hindsight, it's like, people talk about it now where they're like, oh, they were in blackface. Well, yeah, but they weren't being a caricature representing black people. They were trying to make fun of these individual people and they were pretending to be them. Yeah. It wasn't. And they just happened to be black. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a big old chunk of charcoal. That got me. (laughs) Yeah, I meant that. Oh, Lathan, as a, as a kid watching that, uh, uh, did that w- even cross your mind like as offensive? Not at all. Not at all. Like it was just it was hilarious in the moment because it was just like these. It was just like a super exaggerated variation of like making fun of somebody. Like when Triple H came out, he had like the uh, like uh, Triple H had the the Intercontinental toy Intercontinental title on. It had the the shitty ass Versace shirt on, making fun of the Rock. And uh, then, oh, the road dog was pretending to be D'Lo. And then Mr. Ass was Kama Mustafa at the time. Like, it was it was just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hilarious. It was, made, it was made for, like, what it was. They were making fun 
fun and talking shit about another faction they were going up against, and that's all it was. Like it was no, there was no extra connotation that was thought about in in the hind in that moment. But you know, as an adult in hindsight, like I'm like, oh, that was blackface. But <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Like you know, you didn't think about it. So this might be a little controversial but i need to ask this question because i just recently had to have the talk with my son Uh-oh. don't worry ladies and gentlemen it's still about wrestling <laughs> oh, and he walks away <laughs> Lathan, i promise you know about this <laughs> you've got kids i know you know for that controversial question i want to know when will you have that talk with your little one and let them know the truth about wrestling that everything's practiced it's you know some things are fake things like that because i will let you know i will let you know straight off the bat since i'm putting you on the spot since the royal rumble here in san antonio texas (laughs) i've my my son has gone wild with wrestling. He does <laughs> promos. He cuts promos. He's an Uso fan. So he's part of the Usos. Um, I wake up to, you know, getting beat up by him and getting Swanton bomb on me. I had to pull him to the side and I told him, look, you know, you need to know that these guys, they're characters. They're playing a part. They probably don't hate each other. Some of them probably do, but for the most part, they probably hang out afterwards. But a lot of the moves, they're practice, and they try not to hurt each other as much as you think they do. And a lot of the problems, it's not real. It's all scripted, just like any show we watch that we watch together. And it kind of broke them a little bit. Like, I, I felt so bad because... You just told him that Santa Claus doesn't exist, bro. Yo, I wasn't going to go. He doesn't know that yet, motherfucker. Uh, but he's right there. <laughs> That's when, you, when you When you let them know that, that, it's, that, it's not, that it's not real, I mean, the next step is, you know, what Easter Bunny? No, no, no. What, what, Santa? Okay, so you guys gave me ugly looks when I was talking about that because it was like a hardcore conversation to have. Um, But needless to say, he's still a fan. He still cuts promos. But it was like a like that change came into him. Was like, oh, motherfucker, kind of thing. Like, oh, (laughs) you know. So okay, Art, you've had the conversation. Yeah, I had to because Mia was such a fan of the fiend that uh we got a message from daycare one day it's like um mia and a friend had an argument and she tried to put her fist in his mouth <laughs> like ah uh, she's trying to do the mandible <laughs> she's trying to do the mandible claw um so we had to have that conversation where it's like well baby you know no they're they're really she and she's at that point she's trying to figure out what's real life and what's not where like she really likes the show um texas law y'all ever seen that with the game wardens Mm. 
So it's no. like it's it's like mm -hmm. cops. It's like cops, but they follow uh, Texas game wardens. And she loves that show because the animals and stuff and, and everything. So it's like, okay, yes, baby, that's real life. Wrestling is real people, but not real life. You know, trying to like trying to explain that to a four year old's hard as hell. But okay. explaining to her like right. like look, you can't do you can't do these moves to your friends. Like <laughs> you did and that's no. what that's what I was afraid of. I was like, you know, I was like, I don't because you know, my son can be pretty strong, and you know, some of the stuff that he does is like it hurts me. So like I don't want him to do do it to some other kindergartner. I had to say, I was like, no, you can't do that because if you don't do it right, it can actually hurt somebody. So don't do that. Uh we can play, we can still play and do that. Because I didn't want that, that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> to him trying to, to him trying to uh, give the people's elbow or uh, give me a hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah or the things the they say too because <laughs> <laughs> yes because he'll he'll cut the promos uh you know hear it and it's like oh no no you can't say that you can't say that <laughs> no i don't see and i don't need i don't need any help with that ah <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need any help with that because when Mia was in the three-year-old class, we got a call one day from school saying, um, Mia, today she decided that she was going to get all of her friends and tell them not to listen to the teacher. And then she got up and stood on the table and they were yelling. And then she flipped over the table. Like she got down and picked up the table and flipped it. And then she threw a chair at her teacher when they were trying to, like, so... Like she's already got some leadership. That escalated <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Yes. She yeah. like turns over to her best friend. Get the tables. <laughs> <laughs> so Lathan, when when are you gonna have that talk with LJ? Uh I mean I mean I guess at this point you gotta you kinda have to have the talk. Well, LJ's a little bit different. So he spends a lot of time on YouTube. And he'll watch. Um, there's a couple of channels to watch where, like, they get action figures together and they'll, like, recreate, like, this fantasy booking. And so he watches that. And then, of course, YouTube turns into autoplay. And then now we're watching a dirt sheet channel all of a sudden. <laughs> and so he doesn't really put two and two together to a certain extent. But then he'll ask me something. And I'm like, well, this is because they do this and this is because they do that. And you know, it makes for a better storytelling because it's a story that you're telling, right? And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then we'll just kind of go on about our day. But, like, fancy booking with his wrestlers and stuff. And, like, I'm like, and I'll listen to him. I'll be playing on my phone or sending an email um, or doing some research for something for work. And then I hear him. And, like, he's like, here comes Brock Lesnar to help out uh, Ray Mysterio. And then Dominic comes out of nowhere with the 619. I'm like, damn, he's actually more into it than I was. <laughs> to be fair, though, he has been he's been blessed uh, to accumulate like decades of people's collectible wrestlers from his uncles. And, and like every time he goes to like a or it's a birthday, three new wrestlers. And like um I just thank God that my, my actual credit card isn't linked to my Amazon account because he goes through there and he shops for new wrestlers every day. <laughs> I think the last total I looked at was like, it was over $2,000 and just different 
rare wrestlers that he's found scrolling through there. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the talk is <clears throat> a it's just like a, it's a talk and passing. But he's still like it's just they enjoy it because it's the it's the storytelling that they're still attracted to. Like what's going to happen next? Like and so regardless of if you know that like the ending is kind of more predetermined. And like you still show up to see how they're going to get to the end of the, the story, right? And so it's the same reason why we come back and keep on watching it too. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. My son just found out that yeah. he can uh, find the wrestlers' entrance music on Spotify, so he'll he'll blast it through the speakers <laughs> here at, at at the house, and he'll go, "Oh, the Usos." And I are coming out. <laughs> like, he walks in. He goes, face, facing against you, dad. <laughs> and he's like, what's your interest? He's like, and he'll play me like Sami Zayn's or something. <laughs> okay, so I'm getting beat up tonight. <laughs> I used to, as a kid, before, before I got like the, I remember my first wrestling game. I had a couple on Nintendo. I didn't have any on Super Nintendo, but then Nintendo 64, I got WCW NWO Revenge. But before I had that, I had the action figures and I had the the WWE CDs. So I would, as a kid, I would sit there and put the CD in and get to the track and pause it and then play and be like, oh, and here comes, here comes Kane, Kane. And I'd hit the button, you know, and have them come out and stuff. <laughs> Do y'all do y'all remember uh, they had the <laughs> the weirdest fucking wrestling toys, but you could put water in them and hit a button and they would sweat. No, the <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> I still have them. In <laughs> yeah, you would hit like a little a little pump on the back and it would pump water like through the <laughs> through the forehead through little holes. Well, I would put uh, red food coloring in it. And be like, oh, he's busted open. Oh, my God. Look at the block. Dang. I never had. So <laughs> my mom would not buy me any, like, WWF, WWE. At the time, it was WWF. None of those toys. What I would get was the Lucha Libre uh, <laughs> toys. So, yeah. The, the dollar store? <laughs> well, from Mexico. <laughs> she would give me the ring. And I had like meal mascaras and I'll oh, uh, and dragon like so like they're big time wrestlers for lucha libre which I still like the badass. Uh, but at the time it's like this is not you know the wrestlers I watch <laughs> on TV. <laughs> but I got the ring with the rubber bands around it, and <laughs> you just jump on. It's like ah. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even have that. I just used my bed. Like, I didn't have the toy ring or anything. But when you said that, and Lightning goes from the dollar store, I remember seeing the wrestling toys, and it would be like, El Tigre, Los Pantalones. Like, just the masks on. <laughs> they were all the same, just different designed masks and pants. Yeah, same body. <laughs> all right, top five. Your, your favorite top wrestlers. Uh, fifth being the lowest. But still badass all the way to one. Lathan, what is yours? All right. So fifth one is going to be super controversial because given the uh, climate of how he left this earth and who he took with him. But 
Chris Benoit, number five. <gasps> oh, oh, man. Oh, that's, yeah. so, that's so rough, though. It like, is. I mean, it, how how tarnished listen. how tarnished is his legacy? I ah, oh, God, that one's a rough one. It is. Thou should not yeah. speak his name, but listen, <laughs> <laughs> so number five is name redacted due to circumstances. <laughs> no, number four, Ric Flair. Uh, number Ooh. three. Number four, I'm okay with that. But the thing is, we don't know who number three is. I'm gonna, yeah, but I'm gonna say four for Ric Flair seems kind of low to me. But again, well, for context, so I'll, I'll put this in very context. So the ranking isn't is just based off the top five wrestlers that have some kind of personal attachment to some part of my wrestling fandom, right? So like okay. Chris, when I say Chris Benoit, I don't mean the human being that's a piece of shit that killed his whole family. I mean, like, the Chris Benoit that was in the Four Horsemen you know, on Monday in uh, WCW, the World Heavyweight Champion, and put on a clinic every time he stepped between the ropes. That Chris Benoit. Like, superb <laughs> athlete across the board. Told the story in the ring and could always give you his best match and make everybody else in the ring better. Chris Benoit. So, okay. WrestleMania 20 Chris Benoit is, yeah. uh, is the highlight. Yes, there it is. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, Ric Flair, because of his impact on everybody else that impacts what I, as far as wrestlers behind, backstage, how they are influenced by him naturally. And it's Ric Flair. Like, you have to put him up there because he's been, yeah, excuse me. He was the cornerstone of, of the NWA for Bless. so long and, and um, has such a huge lineage to, <clears throat> wrestling over the years and yeah, for decades like <clears throat> I, re- I watched wrestling when I was a child and there's three wrestlers that stick out over my lifetime that I could spend um, watching it with both my grandpa and my dad and now my son Rick Flair is one of them so uh, they just show like um, it's, it's just goes to show his talent and his ability to be such a uh, impactful wrestler over generations. The same Will and Dylan, Kiss Dylan, Limousine, Ryan, Jeff, and uh, Son of a Gun, you know. <clears throat> so, what? yeah, so that's Ric Flair. Now, number three is probably <clears> – <throat> now, that being said, number three is going to probably blow your mind because it's Hulk Hogan. No, that's right. That I'm I'm yeah. sort of <laughs> noticing a pattern with his top five is all they're all controversial. <laughs> <laughs> They've all had something going on. There's awful lot of honkies in this top five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the uh, yeah, there is there's definitely a lot. Farouk is like five oh. presentations. Uh so I remember Farouk back when he was wrestling uh, on TV back then. Being tough son of a bitch, and then with him uh, being a wrestler, tag team with uh, a wrestler's name, but him being the first uh, first heavyweight champion that I could see myself emulating was kind of cool back in the day. So he was uh, he's in like he's six technically. Uh-huh. So uh, okay. only, yeah, number three is Hulk Hogan because he's what I remember. Uh, starting to get into wrestling, watching 
back in the day. Like when I first started seriously watching it again back in like ninety six, ninety seven, when he was in WCW. That's what I remember being originally attracted to to watch watching wrestling in the first place, right? So because I like I'm familiar with Hulkamania of the eighties, um, in in WWE, but I wasn't a fan of. Hulkamania until I saw him become Hollywood Hulk Hogan and, uh, and WCW. And then that led me to go on to research more of the history of Hulk Hogan and stuff. And that's when it became even cooler to me, right? So he's he helped move the needle, again, for a couple different generations. And um, and so he's always put on entertaining matches. Can't wrestle for shit most of the time. But definitely when, like, it was time to turn on, like, you kind of were invested in, like, just the 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 energy that he brought to the ring and how fans reacted to him, right? Whether it be good or bad at this point. Um, giving aside his recent, most recent history and some of the things he said uh, while being secretly recorded, I mean, <laughs> that just is what it is. Uh, hey, we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that was crazy in itself, but like, it doesn't take like it's not enough to take away from like what made me become a bigger wrestling fan now. All right, so your last top two, uh, Lathan, what you got going on? Can you, can you see me now? Yep. Can you see me now? Hey, John <laughs> <Gino. laughs> turn that light on. We wouldn't be able to. I'm not right. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, let me. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number two is a tie between John Cena and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, oh! So what I said. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like a Stone Cold Steve Austin John Cena tie, but I can see John Cena as top two. Yeah, uh, like listen. Listen, Art, who, uh, so, as much as he's forced down our throat, who always showed up and kept us entertained? And how much money did we really want to spend to see if this was a time that either he was going to turn heel or he was going to get defeated uh, every time? All right, just because you're reliable doesn't mean you're any good. He's not, well... That's being said, though, for five moves of doom he did have, he was entertaining on the mic. He did keep me interested in a very lackluster WrestleMania a few times over. Um, and while not while he was ultimately reliable, um, the other part of it too was just like he was your champion's champion for the time. Like you had to, you had a family friendly product. It don't get no more family friendly than uh, Ernest with on steroids. <laughs> I just have to put it out there. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> what about Scott Steiner? Yeah, see, I can't, I can't rely on a big top of pump to, to be my, my WWE champion. But, um, but yeah, like, listen, he's the one that turned the profit for the company in trying times, like especially during the PG era, like. After that thing stunk, and it could have been just poor booking, but he has some really interesting matches that he could put on with the right wrestlers. Like, between him and Edge, 
his fees were Randy Orton. Like they were, they were something to still look at. Um, but at the same time, he he did still keep people entertained. Like he kept adults entertained in one way, and still kept children more entertained in a different way. If that makes sense. I'll give him. I'll give. Him that. I I think after that time of like I spent years of not watching it. John Cena was probably one of those guys that brought me back in. Like him or hate him, like most of the time I spent like he's doing the same moves, but I was like, oh, I kind of enjoy something about his matches. But you know what? To his credit, like, I mean, what you you look back, Hogan, Hogan's terrible. John Cena's better than Hogan. If John Cena would have been in that era, like he would have been the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, and he's still, and it's always that still argument. Like, you know, realistically, when it comes to like who are your money making headliners, your main eventers for like each generation. Like it was Hulk Hogan in the eighties, early nineties, right? Then there was Stone Cold in the late nineties, and then now who took up that mantle right afterwards, right? They were looking for somebody. John Cena randomly stepped up uh, with a really terrible rap gimmick and made it work for some weird reason. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you credit for that one. Okay. Number one. Number one, Lathan. Who's your number one? Roman Reigns. Oh! He's lying. No way, I don't believe nah. that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, and he's gone. <laughs> this isn't this isn't this isn't podcast roulette, but you but we're done. This whole wrestling stuff is gone. You're uninvited no, from uh the uh, WrestleMania party. No, yeah. Roman Reigns is not number one. Roman Reigns is a talented uh character. He he comes from a very awesome lineage of wrestlers, so he's had uh a lot of teeth. Uh, in the in the games, uh, growing up and stuff, and he's become really awesome. Like I can't, I, I honestly, guys, like half the reason I'm still keeping up with wrestling as much as I am right now is because a, uh, my son makes me watch it all the time and make sure that we're watching clips of it and this long term story line, uh, story booking that they've done with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline is phenomenal. Like it's, it's yeah. super awesome. So yeah. I'm really interested to see how this plays out at WrestleMania. Um. All, all together now. So, that being said, though, number one, favorite wrestler of all time, <clears throat> Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, spent I thought you were going to go Undertaker. I thought you were going to yeah. go Undertaker. <laughs> Me too. Undertaker's not even in your top five. He's honorable. He's honorable mention for sure. Wow. So he is uh like so many. So there's a whole different list I have for like when it comes to longevity, but like most of the Undertaker's actual career is has always been mid card. He's been good to keep the mid card safe and to make a strong character for the main eventer, but not the main event himself. If that makes sense. Okay, but you can't say that you appreciate The Undertaker because he's been kind of a mid-card match guy all the time and then put Macho Man as your number one. He's He was doing the exact same thing. He Macho Man held 
Hulk Hogan up on his shoulders. WrestleMania three, greatest match of all time, Macho Man and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Main event, Hogan and Andre. It's legendary. It's, I mean, it is beyond the comprehension of how big of a match it was. But Macho Man and Randy and um, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat were the were the main event. They should have been the main event if it was an indie show, right? Uh, Macho Man has done... Macho Man was the backbone of wrestling without being the main event. He always found a way to stay relevant, regardless of what the situation was. Even if that man being a wacky... Undertaker uh, also had the time of being relevant, but... His is over the lineage of, like, the best way of putting it. Like, I remember Undertaker um, in certain facets of my my wrestling memories, right? Like, um, when he first came out as, like, literally the dead man that was with the with the purple gloves and everything for a fucking summer, or Survivor Series that gave me nightmares from when I was, like, seven all the way up until I was nine. And that, that ghoulish motherfucker scared me. But, like, it's, like, <laughs> but, like, when I first started getting back into watching wrestling, like, mid-90s, right, like, it was, um, I, I started, wa- I was watching more, um, Monday Nitro, and, Monday, like, one of the bigger things was, is Macho Man was just coming over from WWF at the time, and he had some great, ma- like, he had some pretty decent matches then, there's, like, a great space I won't talk about, because there were some terrible matches with him, and, Hulk Hogan before he turned Hollywood Hulk Hogan. But, like, I can always remember, I can go to um, um, a Macho Man match. I could be honestly entertained for the most part from bell to bell without wanting to fast forward, get up, or want to go somewhere else. And, like, to put that in the relevancy of, like, the Ricky Steamboat match, right? Uh, Ricky Dragon Steamboat, that match, I can sit down to this day and watch bell to bell and still be constantly entertained. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like um, remember his his uh, his feed with Diamond Dallas Page, and I helped kind of boost Diamond Dallas Page to that next level. Like I put like Undertaker, Macho Man, they're like kind of transitional wrestlers to help make the main like the the, the, the next superstars look better. They like really great accessory wrestlers. And you can put them in the mid card, they thrive. You can put them in the main event, they're going to be even awesome just as much too. It's just that for me, growing up, Macho Man had more of a more of a nostalgic impact than Undertaker did. Like Undertaker is somebody I truly appreciated more as an adult, where like the child in me remembers Macho Man. I remember wanting to put tassels under my socks so I could have like boots, like the Macho Man and shit, like wrestling as a kid in the backyard. Look, we don't want to know what me and to do on the weekends, man. I, uh-huh. I'm not. It's very, it's very similar to snapping, snapping like a slim jim, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many times I still recall and or try to do the Macho Man voice. So I think yeah. Macho Man definitely, yeah, like it's definitely has to be. God, that like turns everything upside down. Because I wasn't even thinking like those kind of wrestlers. Also, I want to say this, Art, do not judge my five. I'm not going to judge your five because we don't have another hour to spend on this. 
So, <laughs> but I do yes, like that do. we judge Lathan's five because I think that really <laughs> it really threw us for a loop because I think our top five will be more like maybe predictable, aka Ben scripted it. But my top five are going to be uh, for sure. It has to be Kurt Angle for me. Oh, that that's a good one. That's a good one. It's the first time I see oh a regular, <laughs> regular guy or another guy can come into the business and and take over. Also, he was funny, weird, and I, and I like that. Like he was good with being the butt of the joke. I will do a little more modern age and go Seth Rollins, number four. That's so, good. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Third will has to be a tie for Undertaker and The Rock. Ah, oh, come on! No, you got to play some man. I I wish I want to. I want to, but the other two take bigger stance in my book. Like they're they're there. I like to I like to keep I like to keep The Rock and Dwayne completely divorced of each other. I love The Rock. He's the most electrifying man in the ring and on the microphone. But Dwayne Johnson, horrible actor and super oversaturated on social media for all the wrong reasons. That I still I still feel that in the in 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 Austin, Texas, I, what is known as the Moody Center now, uh, I first watched The Rock at my first event. And I know he pointed right at me and acknowledged me. <laughs> so I know it was like he pointed at me. And I don't care what everybody else says in that row or behind me. He was pointing at me and he pointed at me and then he did that move. <laughs> number two is Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, the, the showman that he is, I thought that was like one of the best. Uh, the jokes, the break in the fourth wall with Triple H, but like just him. And then obviously everybody can guess from through this whole podcast. Stone Cold Steve Austin is my one. And I will throw. He's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Damn it. That means it's Hold my turn. Before you go into it, we have to acknowledge before this is over with. Happy Austin 316 day. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. we are recording on 316. Oh, man. All right. So, hey, guys. Did you set this up the right way? You, you knew what you were doing. I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm a professional. <laughs> Joe Rogan status. Joe Rogan, I'm coming for you. Guys, love you, brothers, and happy 316 day. I'm going to throw him this way because yeah. that uh, PG era. You got to blur him out. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay. All right. So my number five, probably going to be the most controversial out of all of the, the ones that we've named. Number five, Vince McMahon. Oh, okay. That's fair. He is yeah. Random, weird. Yeah. I allow yeah. it. <laughs> so, hear me. so his contribution as a wrestler has been, I mean, you look back to his matches with Stone Cold, you look back to all of his stuff as a character. 
Oh, I you could... almost got to throw in Shane with him then. Nah, I, no, no, because <laughs> no, Shane Vince McMahon became the epitome of a bad guy. I mean, you look at before him, like people had to do really bad shit to be a bad guy. You look at when Macho Man and Randy Savage, or uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts had their feud. Fucking for Jake to be a bad guy, he had to have his fucking snake bite Macho Man. Like the the effort that that, that people had to go to to be a bad guy. Vince McMahon was just playing an elevated character of himself as the boss, right? So I think to that is a huge contribution to the overall advancement of wrestling into what it was. So I put him as the number five, right? right. Number four, Kevin Von Erich. In a time... In a time where everybody was so just, I mean, they were the muscle, they were you, I mean, there was no restriction on steroids, there was no, no anything, everybody was just huge, and it was nothing more than flexing and body slams, right? Kevin Von Erich coming to the ring barefoot and going to the top rope, jumping off being part of that dynasty at WCCW. I think he I think he changed the game and he introduced a lot of the high flying moves without being lucha libre. Right? Yeah. yeah. Now from there, it gets a lot it gets a lot harder. Um that's what she said. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Number three. I know my top two. My top two are simple. Um, I'm going to have to go with Kurt Angle as number three. I think his, like George kind of put it out there perfectly with it. uh, His ability to go from bad guy when he first debuted. He was the Olympic hero, which everybody should cheer, but didn't. He was everything that people should have looked at and been like the guy, right? He was a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan, but he was the all-American. He was more of a real American than Hulk Hogan, right? Right. He, He's an Olympic gold medalist by full definition. With a broken freaking neck. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I he's gotta be one of the one of the most influential people of all time for me. And now we got to do you know, Lathan had a number six for Farouk. My number six would be uh, Big Boss Man again, being a cop's son. I thought it was cool to see a guy wearing a cop's uniform in wrestling. Um, you know, I think Hulk Hogan would be like my number seven on my influential stuff because I I liked Hulk Hogan, but was never huge on him. Number two, easy is The Undertaker. Like going back to the gray gloves, which pre was pre the purple gloves, 
because the purple gloves came after he was uh, reincarnated. Um, yep. I, you know, Survivor Series, being part of the million dollar team and all that, loved it. Uh, that was still back when I was a kid being a wrestling fan. Loved The Undertaker, and he was able to maneuver and change himself enough that he adapted with the times. He never had to change his name. He didn't have to go from Hulk Hogan to Hollywood Hogan. He was The Undertaker the entire time. Well, he did well, go into the American Badass. Kind of right, thing. but he stayed but The I Undertaker. was dumb. I liked it. I the, yeah. so this made the American Badass is one of my favorites, but he still was able to hold that name, The Undertaker. Being the American Badass was kind of the the nickname. He was still The Undertaker. It still made sense to go from that back to the Dead Man at WrestleMania twenty. He he held on to that name, The Undertaker, the whole time, right? He was always the Undertaker. He will always be my one of my favorites. Number one, the man who got me into pro wrestling, who I watched as you know as a kid, and then later brought me back to pro wrestling. Mister WrestleMania, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, the. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> The yeah, the greatest person ever on the mic in the ring. That dude could go toe to toe with the Undertaker, and then the next week go right up against freaking Takamichi Noku back in the nineties. Yeah, old school reference. Kids, look it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, his. He, you know, in 98, when he left, when he lost to Stone Cold Steve Austin, to go from what he did in the mid-90s to what he did in the early 2000s, phenomenal. Some of his, I mean, he, he was doing some of his best matches later in his career. There's not a lot of guys who can say that. Number one to me. Always. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, baby. And you know what? I already forgot who I said was my top four, and that's what I'm rolling with. So <laughs> this is <laughs> this episode is gonna come out right before <laughs> WrestleMania. Right now we're slated for Cody Rhodes against uh what what's his name? Layton's number one, Mr. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. <laughs> the Tribal Chief. You very know Tribal Chief. Oh, Mr. Tribal Chief. Oh, my, I hate that. It's so weird. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I like Roman Reigns. I just, I hate the whole, oh, man. Oh, how do you not put, uh, what's his name? The the manager right now. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. How do you not pull... Put Paul Heyman in top five too. I'm just thinking that he's well. He's not a wrestler, but he's such a fuck. He's a top guy for sure. Well, yeah, but we could we could do another on the next. No, no, we won't. (laughs) We won't. On the (laughs) podcast, we could do a top five managers. We could do a top five tag team. (laughs) No, for sure. Yeah, 
But Paul yeah, Heyman and being a Paul Heyman guy mm-hmm. is such a great thing. Paul yeah. Heyman is a badass. Yeah, your boy like, CM Punk was a Paul Heyman guy. Well, he needed Paul Heyman for sure. <laughs> Listen, it, Paul Heyman was a strong accessory to CM Punk's success. But my thing is, this is going to be out before WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, who takes it? I will tell you what mine's going to be, but I want to know who you think is going to take it or who do you think they're going to let take. Come on, man. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't got to play it like that. <laughs> well, I mean, there's controversy with all that, but that's why I'm, that's why I want to get into it. I want, I want that controversy. Ooh. All right. What's going to happen? Cody Rhodes or Roman Reigns? Lathan, who you got, Bubba? All right, I'll let you. I'll let you start. With, I want to hear your your prediction on this because um, mine's isn't a prediction; it's a spoiler. So, <laughs> my name is oh. Paul Heyman. <laughs> Listen, I know how this. I know how this movie's going to end. But I want to hear what Art has to say first. <sighs> so, I think everybody's expecting Cody Rhodes to win. I think that's the expectation. I think what's going to happen is they're going to go into the match. They're going to fight. They're going to win. And the winner will be Cody Rhodes. Uh, That was a Stardust reference. (laughs) Don't get that. Um, I think Cody Rhodes is going to win. However, I don't think he's going to win the unified championship. I think the Monday, Friday, whatever, after WrestleMania, Roman Reigns is going to come out still holding one title. And and he's going to say, oh, no, 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 no. This wasn't for both championships. He earned a right to face me for one. And they're going to split the titles. I think Cody Rhodes is going to try to bring back the Winged Eagle Championship, which, God, that's my favorite title of all time. I hope he does. But I think there's going to be some kind of shenanigans that goes into it because Backlash is going to be in Puerto Rico. So they got to have a big name, which I think they want to take Roman Reigns to Puerto Rico as a champion, but I don't think he's going to be the unified champion. Interesting. Damn, that's actually probably better than mine. That sounds like super, super spoiler alert. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, should, should we have thrown uh, Logan Paul in one of our top fives? <laughs> Listen, I kind of like his wrestling. There's a whole other podcast I can do on Logan Paul. No, he's actually really good. He's what? a lot better than he should be. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he has specialized personal training for like six months from Shawn Michaels. I mean, how privileged is that to do? Just to start your WWE career, start your career as a wrestler in total, and get trained by one of the greatest wrestlers ever. The greatest wrestler ever, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lathan, do you want to give your prediction or should I give mine? 
I'll let you give yours first. All right. Uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to argue about mine. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, then finally, my prediction is going to be that the way everything looks on TV, it looks like it's going for Cody Rhodes. And I'm all for the American Nightmare. I'm all oh, for- shit. I saw that. I saw that. Like, yeah, I, I saw that on the screen. And it legit looked like it hit inside your car. Ow. So it actually hit right, like, about, like, uh, two stoplights up from my car. So about 200 feet away. But it literally just, um, um, one of the power lines. And all my lights on my street just went black. I just got, oh. I just got the thunder from it. Yeah. So it was a, it was a nice little it was an Undertaker lightning type of strike. <laughs> Damn it. Spoiler alert: Undertaker hurt. comes in, wins the match. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going Cody Rhodes, man. I'm going Cody Rhodes. I want Cody Rhodes to win. I I want him to get what he deserves. I want him to beat his uh, Stardust uh, persona. I w- I want him to get what he deserves. I wanted I wanted Roman Reigns Roman Reigns to get what he deserves, and you know he's had it for a while, man. I, I need somebody else. Two and a half years. Our late and controversial pick. Who are you picking? Roman Reigns. Now I will say that the Russell the main event will be a really good one on one match for the most part, and then it will get really dirty really quickly, and then everybody's going to leave upset because Roman Reigns is going to leave with the titles. Both titles going into Puerto Rico's backlash. And so, but that does lead up to continuing the storyline even further and putting more, um, more uh, different uh, storylines attached to that title in itself. Roman Reigns is part time. I already know that by this point, he's not going to do a lot of TV appearances anymore, but when he does, he's still remarkable. And they, they have opportunity to let it breathe probably into SummerSlam where Cody Rhodes can have an even bigger impact on winning one of the titles because it goes further into the good guy chasing the title and always being um, just like right out of arm's reach for him to actually grab the title. And if, like with Cody Rhodes as a character and as a, as a behind the scenes helping out with his character's storyline, He's always about the underdog and making sure eventually the payoff's going to be even more momentous. Like, we expected at WrestleMania. But, again, with this new Triple H era, it's like a lot of things have been unexpectedly awesome. And how cool would it be to actually unexpectedly have him win it at SummerSlam finally instead of it automatically being – like, we already know that he's going to win it for WrestleMania. Like, that's the odds. That's what everybody thinks. That's what everybody believes. Like, there is a very small minority that actually believes that Roman Reigns is still going to hold on to those titles after WrestleMania. I'm done with that. I'm done with that storyline. A lot of art, crazy story about one title, one win uh, nonsense. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I was yeah. all in for you, Art. But that Lathan. makes way more sense. God, Lathan no. That being said, I, Art, 
I don't Thank want it still. to happen that way, but it makes a way too. I much just sense think I'm just saying because I forget that WWE should not be, hopefully, still not being run by Vince. So if it is still run by Triple H, I can see that, and I would rather 100% go to that because I would love the unpredictability come back to wrestling. Damn it, Lathan. You laid out a damn good track for stuff to go, and I don't like it. You think about it like this, Art. This would be the first time Roman Reigns will main event at WrestleMania where he wins and makes sense on the storyline level, and he'll genuinely get booed for the character, not because he had a shitty match with like a part-time wrestler. Dude, he would be booed out of that fucking stadium. Oh, it'd be glorious. Like it was this just as big as the booze were in San Antonio, it's gonna be even greater on WrestleMania. Mm. Um yeah. 100% for it. <laughs> and with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we've just gone too hard, too fast. WrestleMania, we're coming for you, baby. It's out there. I'm no longer ashamed with letting letting people know that I am a uh, wrestling fan. We are out of the closet. We're out here, baby. We out you. That's right. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Whatever happens at WrestleMania, the only thing I know that it is going to happen is I'm going to eat some really good pizza at Art South and uh, some really good food. We'll be out here, all three of us together. All squished up. Having a great time. Yep. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Gigum, and thank you for having me. Oh, anytime, guys. It's always a pleasure talking to y'all. Good <laughs>